We're going to begin in verse 1 here of this passage. As Paul here is talking about the walk of the child of God. What our walk should look like. And he gives us some direction here uh, in the walk that we are uh, to engage in. We are to walk in love. Uh, We are to walk as children of light. We are to walk circumspectly. And we are to walk in wisdom. These are the things that Paul gives us in this passage. To walk in love, walk as children of light, uh, walk circumspectly, and walk in wisdom. And so this, this is Paul's direction for us as he declares to us what should be in our lives. What should be found as we walk for the Lord, as we serve Him, as we go in this world each and every day. What should be found in our lives as the children of God. And how we are to serve and live for Him. He begins in verse 1. He says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice. That first offering is a bloodless sacrifice. Sacrifice. The offering is a bloody sacrifice. Our Lord gives both for us. Sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ rather, and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doeth maketh manifest, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that she walk circumspectly, Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer now. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for this day. We thank you, Father, for your grace. We thank you, Father, for your goodness, for this, the many blessings, Father, that you've poured out upon us even this very day. We thank you for this opportunity again to be in your house. We pray, Father, that you'd open your word before us, that you'd give us understanding of these things, Father, as we seek to learn more about you and what you'd have us to do as your people, how you'd have us to live and serve you. Father, we pray that you'd strengthen us, help us, Father, uh, ever be uh, our present help, Father, as we go through our days, as we go through our weeks, how we recognize, Father, our own failures and our own sins and how easy it is for us to fail you. Help us, Father, to be proper servants for thy name. Help us to serve you as we ought in, in obedience as we go through our days. Uh, that we would walk as you've called us to walk. Help us, Father, to be found faithful in these things. Father, for those many we have on our prayer list, we pray that you be with each one. Give them what they have need of this day. And Father, for those that are lost and undone in our family, and friends, our acquaintances, people that we know, Father, that are in need of your salvation, we pray that you'd help us to be the witnesses that we need to be before them. We pray, Father, for your grace to be poured out. Father, that you would gloriously redeem them, make it known unto them, Father, your salvation that only comes from you. Go with us now as we look to your word. Help us, Father, that we would have understanding and application for these things in our own lives. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Now, Paul tells us here of this walk that we are to be found in. How we are to walk for our Lord. How we are to serve Him as we go through our lives. And he begins here with this walk of love. He talks about verse 1, verse 2. He says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. This goes back up to what he's telling them in the latter part of chapter 4 there when he says in verse 30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit. He begins this, this section really with grieve not the Holy Spirit and he ends it with be filled with the Spirit, you see. So we as children of God, we are to be filled with the Spirit of God as he says there in verse number 18. That's how we are to live our lives. That's how we are able to walk for Him and walk as He has called us to walk is being filled with His Spirit. But we as the children of God can also be those that grieve the Spirit of God as well. When we're not doing what we should be doing, when we're living for self, when we've allowed too much of this world in our lives, we can find ourselves, instead of being filled with His Spirit, we can find that we ourselves are those who are grieving the Spirit of God as well. And so Paul's calling us here not to grieve the Spirit, but rather be filled with the Spirit. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. I mean, He's in us. He, he's present with us. He resides in us as the children of God. We do not need to be grieving Him. So He says, how do we not grieve Him? Well, He says, let all 
bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, he says. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, put it away. With all malice, put it away. That's not what's to be guiding us as the children of God. But rather, we should be known for what should be seen in us is our kindness, our tenderheartedness, our forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore, he says, followers of God as dear children. And walk, walk in love. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. The measurement for it, you see, the measurement for what He's requiring of us here, the, 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 the threshold that we are to be meeting when He's telling us to walk in love is the love that Christ Jesus has for us. Now we're always, we're always going to come short on that. Every single time, every single day, we're going to come short on that. Because He's God, and we're not. But nevertheless, we're called love as Christ Jesus has loved us. And though we'll fail Him, though we're going to come short, though we're going to mess up, though we're not, we're not going to do it like He's called us to do it, it still should be, it, still, it should still be the very guidance for our lives that it is what we are striving for each and every day. To love as Christ Jesus has loved me. To love others. To love my wife. To love my children. To, to love my church family. To love my neighbors. To love my family. To love them as Christ has loved me. That's the standard. Not the love that we see on TV. Not the love that we read about in books. Not the love that we read about here or there. The love that we see in the newspapers or the love that we see on the movies. It's not that kind. That's not what our, our love is to be gauged by, but rather the love of Christ and how He has loved us. That's what it's to be set in. That's what it's to be gauged on. That, that is the determination of how we are to love. That love of Christ Jesus. So he says, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling sake. The giving of Himself for us. That's that's the example of that love. And that's how we are to love one another. Sacrificing ourselves. It's a self-sacrificial love. 
That we are giving of ourselves one to another. That's hard to do because we really like self. And we don't want to give up on self. It's also it also be hard to do whenever we are giving. Maybe it looks like we're giving for the right reasons, but we're really giving for me. I mean, it may look it may look like we're really self-sacrificing, but in reality, there's a there underlying all that is a codependency that I'm just doing it for me, make me feel better about me, and not really not really giving myself in love for one another. And so we, we have to determine, we have to look at ourselves. We have, we have to look at that love that we have for one another, how we are living that love out in our daily walk and in our daily lives and, and, and be seeking the Lord as we do so. Lord, help me to love. Lord, help me to love as You love me. And so we need to be we need to be examining ourselves to make sure that we're striving for that love and striving for it in the right manner as we go forward to sacrifice have that sacrificial love as our Lord has for us. So walk in love, he says. He tells us there in John chapter 13 that that's how the world knows that we are His is the love that we have one for another. He says, that's how they'll know that you belong to Me is that love that we have one for another. And so this, this is the first walk. We must walk in love as Christ hath loved us. Then in verse 3, He, he speaks of the second and that is to walk as children of light. And that's verse 3 down through verse number 8. He says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath, an, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So that's the second walk. We are to walk as children of light. Now he mentions this list of sins. Fornication. That's any sexual relationship outside of marriage. He said that's not to be found in us. In fact, he says it's not to be once named among you. He says uncleanness, which is impurity. Covetousness, which lends to fraudulency. Idolatry is a part of covetousness. And so this, this, these things, fornication, uncleanness, and covetousness, 
these things not even to be named. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Children of God ought not have these things in their lives. These things have no place in the lives of the children of God. Paul says in Romans 6 and verse number 13, Romans 6 and verse 13, we read this verse a couple weeks ago, he says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Yield yourselves as instruments of righteousness unto God. Not instruments of unrighteousness. And so these things ought not be named among us, this list that He's given us here. But, the problem is, sometimes they are. Sometimes they are named among us. And so we, we read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Sometimes these sins are named. Sometimes these sins are a reality in the lives of the children of God. It has to be taken care of. It has to be handled. And Paul says here in chapter 5, verse 1, as he's talking to the church at Corinth, they've got an issue in the church there where this fellow is taking his father's wife to wife. Uh, apparently that would be his stepmother. And, and he says here that this is such a sin that even the heathen don't have a name for it. It's, it's so wicked that they would do this. He said it is co- reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And so he tells them they need to remove that one. They need to, they need to punish him as a church and remove him from fellowship and not give this man place there because of this sin that was in his life. And so this... This is these sins are sometimes named among the people of God. But the reality is, is the saints of God will not remain. They will not remain in those sins. Uh, God will bring them out. He will bring them out. Or He'll kill them where they're at. He won't let you continue to dishonor His name. He will not. He'll bring His people out from among those sins. So Paul says these things ought not be named among us. And then he mentions more in verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting. The word filthiness there means shameful obscenity. Shameful obscenity. Foolish talking is... Silly talk and buffoonery is what that means. Silly talk and buffoonery. And jesting, the third one there, is vulgar wit. Vulgar wit that's in reference there. 
So he says, don't let these things, basically filthy speech, don't let this be a part of your lives. Don't let this be seen as part of your walk. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. That's what should be. These things which are not proper, these things which are indeed sinful, are to be put out from us, and rather thanksgiving to God is what needs to be heard upon our lips. Now let me tell you, you're going around thanking God all day long, you're going, you, you're going to stand out from everybody else. You will. You'll stand out. They'll notice if that's what's on your mouth and what's on your lips. This thanksgiving to Him. Verse 5, he goes on further. He says, For this ye know, that no whoremonger... Uh, that goes back to verse number 3 with fornication. Uh, whoremonger is... Uh, really speaking from the masculine perspective, where fornication is focused on the feminine perspective in this context. So he says, no whoremonger, nor unclean person. That's, that mean, that's not meaning somebody that's sick, but rather it's someone who is impure or lewd. Impure or lewd. So no unclean person, nor covetous man, who is also defrauder, idolatrous, uh, that's, that's where that comes into place. And then he goes on to who is an idolater, he says. Hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God? And you say, wait. <laughs> I'm guilty of some of those. I'm guilty of all of those. I'm guilty of half of one of those. Man, I don't know what you're guilty of. But you, you look at that list and you say, wait a minute. What about me? That's the astounding wonder of God's grace for His people. That even in our guilt, even though we are unworthy because of our sin, to be made part of His kingdom. In Christ Jesus, He cleans us up. In Christ Jesus, our sins are removed from us. In Christ Jesus, He makes us fit for His kingdom. Not because of who we are, not because of what we have done, but because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. But the child of God is not to be continuing in those things. Those things are to be removed from us. So he says, verse 6, Let no man deceive you. Let no man deceive you with vain words. There are those that will try to convince you Oh, it's okay. You can be a child of God and, and carry on in that wickedness. You can be a child of God and go on and do your thing. We'll tell ourselves that if we're not careful. Oh, yeah, I, I know I shouldn't. I know this is sin. I know this is wickedness. I know this shouldn't be in my life, but God's going to forgive me. 
God will forgive me. What a wicked thing. What a wicked thing to suppose, presuppose in that sense, I guess, on the grace of God. You think Ananias and Sapphira thought, we'll lie about it this one time, he'll forgive us? As they were struck dead at the lie that they told. Or we'll lie to ourselves. We'll listen to the lie of others. Paul says, don't let anybody deceive you and try to try to claim that these sins are okay in your life. To try that try to tell you that it's it's okay. God lets you buy with it this one time. Or to tell you that it's okay because God probably thinks the same way you think. Don't listen to anybody. Don't listen to anybody that tells you it's okay to follow after sin and follow after self when it is in direct contradiction to the Word of God. If God calls it sin, it's sin. It doesn't matter how we try to spin it. Doesn't matter how our society tries to clean it up. Doesn't matter how they try to politicize it and make it better. Nothing can take that reality away from it. If it's sin, it's sin. We can't spin it for ourselves because, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else may be doing it. But as a child of God, you're not. You're not. You're not supposed to be. There are many that claim Christ today. And their lives, their, their attitudes, their actions have no congruency at all with the Word of God. They live lives full of these things that Paul gives list for us here. And they'll twist and they'll deny the Word of God and the God of the Word and try to give themselves excuse for the wickedness that's in their lives. Well, I'm a man. God knows. God knows I'm a man. Yeah. And he said, be ye holy as I am holy. It's one thing to be ignorant of the Word of God. But it's quite another to twist the Word of God or try to change the Word of God to fit you for your benefit. Paul says those that do this, he says, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. A child of disobedience 
is the opposite of the child of God. The wrath of God, he said, abides on them. Verse 7, he says, Be not ye therefore partakers with them. So he's drawing a distinction here. Children of God ought not do like children of disobedience do. Don't act like them, he says. Don't, 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 don't fall into to their direction. Don't fall into their lives. Be ye not therefore partakers, or be not ye therefore partakers with them. Do not act like the world to fit with the world. Do those around you know that you are a child of God because of the words that come out of your mouth? Do those around you, do they know that you're a child of God because of the things they see you do every day? Is Christ Jesus in your actions? Is Christ Jesus on your lips? Does the world know who you belong to? If they do, they're likely going to call you a prude, a goody-two-shoes, a know-it-all, a do-gooder, a Bible-thumper. They've got all kinds of names. In our day, politically, they may call you a domestic terrorist. They may call you a narcissist, a homophile. And they say that you're the chief problem of our society. To walk to walk as children of light as he goes on to say in verse number 8 it makes us different than the world. And it's exactly what God says to do. If you're mine, walk different. Walk as children of the light. Verse 8, he says, For ye were sometimes darkness. There was a time, as, as he accounts for us in Ephesians chapter 2, there was a time that we were all a part of that darkness. Under the condemnation of God. Walking in this world dead in trespasses and sins. There was a time we were all in that position. We were all in that particular walk. But here he says that's, that's past tense. Ye were sometimes darkness. But now... But now because of who we are in Christ, now because Jesus is our Lord, now because we have been redeemed by His grace, now we are light. But now are ye light in the Lord. 
walk. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. We are to illuminate. We are to shine forth Christ to those around us. Verse 9, he says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all. In other words, in every one that has Christ, the fruit of the Spirit that's in us is about goodness, righteousness, and truth. It's not going to differ. It's not going to differ. So if you've got these lists of things that he's saying don't have in your life, you've got these things in your life, you can, you can see really quickly these are not the things of the fruit of the Spirit of God. Because all that is in the children of God by, that are fruits of the Spirit that's, that's by Him are goodness, righteousness, truth. And if that's not the fruit that we're producing, then something's wrong. If that's not the fruit that's in us, there's something wrong. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving, he says, what is acceptable unto the Lord. And so he goes on to say, verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather... Reprove them. Reprove them. Your friends come to you with their wickedness and try to enjoin you with their wickedness. You need to say, that's wickedness. I'm not going to have a part of that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to be in that. I don't want that in my life. That's what he's saying by reprove them. That's hard to do. It's hard to do. But Paul gives us a reasoning for that. He says, verse 12, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved, he says, are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Paul said, what happens is, in their darkness, in their wickedness, in the darkness that's in them, as they come and try to enjoin you with that same darkness, try to get you to join in with them, in their darkness, when we reprove them, it shines light on that darkness so that now even they will be able to see, yeah, this is wrong. This, is, this shouldn't be in my life. Now, they may ignore it and go on in their wickedness. But Paul's saying, for that, for that time anyway, that light was shined on it. 
They, they were given direction there. They were given guidance there. The light was shown up. They saw them, the darkness of it. It was, it was revealed. It was made manifest to them by your reproof. By your reproof, you gave them light. So that for that moment anyway, the light was shined that they would be able to see the darkness. Now, again, they may, they, they may go right on with it and don't care. But they'll be held accountable for it before the throne of God. Because the darkness was shown. But all things, he says, verse 13, that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. See then, he says, that ye walk circumspectly. See then that you walk circumspectly. The word circumspectly means to be more exact. To be more exact. What Paul is telling us here is that as children of God, we're not just to go through life as a routine. We're not to go through life just as well, what I do every day. We, we are to be conscious. As the children of our God, we are to be conscious of our walk, of the steps that we are taking, that there is a purpose behind them. That it's, it's about not about us just making it through the day, not about us just making it through a week, but that we are walking for the purpose of serving our Lord. That every day, every step, every, every work that we perform, everything that we do is for the purpose of glorifying Him. And so to walk circumspectly is to be mindful, to be conscious of our walk that every step, every step we are doing for the glory of God. Every step is about our service. Every step is about our working for Him to glorify His name. Walk circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. He says there in verse number six or fifteen again. Excuse me. He he says here the the last walk is be wise to walk in wisdom. Not as fools, he says. We are to walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. But as wise. The, the word not as fools is the Greek word asophos, which means without wisdom. Rather, we are to sophos. Walk with wisdom. With wisdom. Wisdom here is equated with light. Light is equated with life. Life is equated with righteousness and truth. And righteousness and truth are equated with the Word and with Christ. So wisdom is light. Light is life. Life is righteousness and truth. Righteousness and truth is the Word of God and is Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we walk in wisdom, 
we are walking in Christ. When we are walking in wisdom, we are walking in His Word. And so if we're going to walk in wisdom, we need to know who Christ is, and we need to know what His Word declares. If that's going to be found in us, that's how we're going to walk. If we're going to walk in wisdom, we need to know what His wisdom is. Verse 16, he says, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. This, this is such a priority for us as the children of God. To walk as God has called us to walk. To live as he has called us to live. This is such a priority. Because Paul wrote in his day, 2,000 years ago, this is the end days. We need to be busy, Paul says. We need to be mindful here. We need, we need to redeem this time because the days are evil. It's right here on us, he says. We're 2,000 years removed from this. And let me assure you, we are closer to the day of our Lord and the days are much more evil. The days are much more evil. We need to redeem the time. We need to be walking as he's called us to walk. We need to be giving example to our children and to our grandchildren of what it is to serve the Lord. We can't be floundering around in religious traditionalism. We need to truly be walking in the presence of our Lord each and every day. Redeem the time. Wherefore, he says, verse 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled, be filled with His Spirit. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Because the days are evil. We're here. Walk. Walk for the Lord. Serve Him faithfully. Let's all stand. Brother Gordon, you bring us a song.